0: Hey, DM listeners, I've been running my own business since I was 17, and I found that nothing slows down entrepreneurs more than this one pesky question, and that's what do I do next? And left unanswered, you find yourself stuck far below your potential, jumping from one shiny object to the next, perpetually wondering why other businesses are growing and yours is stuck. So that's
1: why Scalable is put together. Hey, it's Marky Grass here and I've got a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your site? Seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully retarget your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for digital marketer listeners. If you go through their easy 30-minute onboarding process and haven't 5X your investment within the first six months, they'll give you all of your money back. To take advantage of the offer, go to getemails.com slash digital marketer. That's getemails.com slash digital marketer. Yeah, the seven levels
0: of scale framework will give you the shortest path possible to go from a struggling startup to a high-profit, high-impact, exitable business that'll give you the wealth and freedom you deserve. So stop wondering what to do next and take our free three-minute assessment today at getscalable.com DM. That's getscalable.com DM. And you can download a free guide to show you what level of scale you're currently at and how you can scale quickly and profitably to the next.
2: digital market. Hey guys, this is Mark DeGrasse with the Digital Marker podcast. I'm here with Mandy McEwen. and today we're going to be talking about remote cultures. I think over the last couple of years, we've definitely seen a enormous growth in remote working. And for some companies, it's been a smooth transition, others not smooth, and for some of us, you know, new entrepreneurs, they're, you know, starting out fully remote. So, welcome Mandy.
3: Hi Mark, excited to talk about This today, as I know we dabbled in it on our last episode with the trends for 2022.
2: Yes, and I think it's, uh, you know, continuing. I I was actually, before we started the podcast, I was telling Mandy about how at uh, Digital Marketer, it was kind of like a semi-decision. As soon as COVID happened, they made TNC online. And then over, I think, a six-month period, they kind of decided to go from fully in-person to fully remote, which is... A huge transition, but today I figure what we could talk about is you know kind of the three types of businesses that you have: fully in person culture building, which is just your standard building a business; uh, the semi remote kind of culture building, and then the fully remote culture building. So let's talk about just culture in general, because I think a lot of people, you know, it's kind of an abstract concept where people think like, okay, it's how I treat my employees. Uh, It's how we, you know, discuss our mission statement. It's how we uh, communicate our principles and kind of those general, you know, features of any business Hmm. that you have. And I, I think historically, it's always been something that just kind of, happens. What's your experience with that? With the Whether it's good
3: it? or not. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes, it happens. But I feel like the big thing is just establishing those core values as a company, right? I feel like that's like key number one for great company culture is having an actual set core values that that is articulated throughout the entire company. Because a lot of a lot of employees that you'll talk to, they, if you ask them, well, what are your what are your main company values? And they might not be able to tell you what those core values are. And so I think that is key number one. And I think that does help a lot when it comes to a remote culture also, is just getting super clear on those core values.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, a digital marketer, we're kind of, you know, transitioning still from uh, the way the company was before, and to be fully remote. So we actually recently came up with our core values, which we actually haven't even posted yet or changed. But to date, I think it was I think they had nine core values previously that okay. they, you know, they had it on banners. They put it on, you know, all the you know employees, the fifty employees could actually recite most of them. And so, you know, they they had that done. And so nice. I think when they they shifted to remote. It's a rebuilding of those principles because, you know, it's, you know, the principles are always there, but a lot of them people don't realize are kind of for that in-person team and, mm-hmm. you know, how do you take those things that you just communicate on a daily basis when you're passing by people or, you know, just those casual interactions and how do you, t- you know, take that and then communicate it to a fully remote person who may, may has never been in the office.
3: Got it, got it. Yeah, and see, so for me, I've always been remote, right? Like I started my agency, Mongo Marketing, back in 2010, and so, and I don't even. To me, they like it's the one and the same. Whether it's mm-hmm. in person or remote, the values are are the same. But that's that's me coming from a business owner who's always been remote right and so i can see how that might be a little different but like for example like our core values which which i make sure that are prominent on our about page and and when we're hiring it's always something that's very important to that we put everywhere their ambition integrity excellence reliability and passion and i feel like for us that just that just shows how we are as as professionals and as a company Regardless if we're doing work in person or or remote. But again, I haven't ever had that situation where, you know, I had to change from, from one to the other, right? But for me, I feel like that is something that is key for any company when it comes to culture. And even more so in a remote world is making sure that your employees don't forget about the values Uh and why your company exists in the first place and how you guys like to do business and how you expect your customers to be treated. And so I feel like when you're at the office and you see these signs up, you know, like offices that have our core values, like pasted everywhere and it's easier. And maybe in person meetings, it's easier to remember those core values, but in a remote world where we're all kind of doing our own thing and our own homes for the most part, those can be easily lost. And so I feel like it is key to make sure that that doesn't happen and that everyone is on the same page when it comes to the core values of the organization.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, I think for managers, you know, you can communicate that at uh, every meeting if you want to. I I think the only difference between online and offline kind of principles is, you know, they're always the same, but I think the execution of them might be a little bit different. So Mm -hmm. like one of our core values, new ones is actually do the dishes. And basically, basically it's saying that everyone, you know, is responsible for or can contribute to any stage of the organization. So Mm -hmm. even though I might be the president like I'm still expected to do the dishes in the office, mm-hmm. which is obviously an in-person get your hands thing, hands but dirty. yeah, get your hands dirty. You know, you're, you're touching the end product. It's a very flat organizational mm-hmm. structure where we're all involved in all aspects of the business. And when crunch time comes, it's going to be, you know, it could be, you know, Ryan and Richard, which they they actually do constantly <laughs> before big yeah. events where they sit down and they're actually coming up with the materials and looking over, you know, even the, you know, printables and, and stuff like that to make sure that it's all set and and consistent with whatever the product is being delivered so mm-hmm. you know and for me I, I do graphic design so a lot of stuff you see you know we're doing the 12 days of deals right now and i designed everything that you see nice. <laughs> so it's it's very you know do the dishes is kind of like you know you're never too big to do the dishes or you're never you're never too, too cool never <laughs> too cool you know and, I, and i've worked for organizations where it was like that where it was like nope I'm too important to go to the sales meeting with
3: I feel like a lot client. of organizations. Are, I feel like more are like that than are like you guys, you know? I feel it's, like
2: uh, Yeah, and it's so strange.
1: It it's, is. I don't it's know an how you ego
3: thing. Like I mean, I feel like it's an ego thing, really, is what it all boils down to. But I feel like that starts at the leadership at the top, right? Like the leaders at the top are obviously the ones that kind of have the egos too, and then that just trickles down, you know? So I feel like oh, that's yeah. what it boils down to always is. Is ego,
2: well, so. I think that just leads to you know bloated organizations that have yes. like, ah, oh, I'm a manager now. I'm too important, so I can't <laughs> do this stuff, and so mm-hmm. I need more people, and my people need people, <laughs> and then it just <laughs> you know is unnecessary out of
3: spending. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's sure. that's how.
2: Well, because no, somebody's too big to do some amount of work, and not to say that that high level managers should be constantly doing you know the low level work because you're paid too much to make that. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. I mean, you need sense. to stay
3: in your lane and, and do what you were hired to do. But at the same time, if push comes to shove and someone needs to roll their sleeves up and get it done, then you get it done and you don't complain, it, you know?
2: Exactly. Well, and even communicating, like I, I think all levels communicate with all levels, digital marketers. So it's it's not like somebody can't, you know, should be scared to talk to, uh, you know, the managers or executives because we kind of expect it. Exactly. Um, But again, you know, came back on track for the principles. That actually like,
3: yeah. And it reminds me, like, that's what I was going to say was you said communication. That was actually what I was going to say was another principle. You can add something else before that. But that was kind of my next thing that you reminded me of is proper communication, just improving communication all the way around, I feel like is a huge benefit to improving company culture.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, and, and remotely, you know, it's, it can be easy to overlook, you know, for us, we have Slack, we use monday.com and then we have email of course, and zoom calls and you know, everything else. And that kind of helps us stay in touch. But I think it's the, like for us, the communication part that helps the most is that I actually have a calendar that I set up for my employees where they can schedule 15 minutes with me whenever there's a slot available. So
3: I just leave.
2: You know, a certain amount of hours available every week where it's like anybody can sign up for that and then we'll talk because I want to mm-hmm. know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they you communicate with me, you know, that way or or again slack slack is constant i don't know
3: <laughs> i know right same uh, i have to shut uh, my slack off sometimes just to get stuff like, done <laughs> it it's actually
2: it's been nice you know this holiday week it's uh, a lot of people on vacation you're like oh my gosh yeah. i checked my slack and i don't have it's quiet you know, 50 items yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, but for me it's like you know when i'm doing that design work i will turn off my email <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like i don't have email mm-hmm. don't have slack and i'm just you know, doing work. Yeah. For remote, it's, I think having that availability, but, you know, having realistic standards. So I think the, the Calendly and that kind of like, Hey, you could contact me and we could set this up, but let's schedule a time that I have left open during the week in terms of communication for executives. I think that's a, that's a super helpful tip.
3: Yeah, Um, definitely. What are your, what are your thoughts on company-wide newsletters to also kind of help with the new remote world here is is keeping in touch better and kind of articulating more of those values and just what's happening internally what are your thoughts on that
2: Oh yeah. I think that's super important. I mean, you you do it for your customers. You know, we have actually a newsletter for each one of our kind of service elements, and then we have the newsletter for our customers and so on and so forth, but it's, it's essential for communication and keeping people. I think that's a good way to keep people connected because, you know, especially for those remote workers where they're not chatting with us all the time, necessarily, that newsletter will update them on, Hey, here's what's happening now. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it's kind of that that set, you know, time period, you know, it's just like email marketing, it's, you know, you want to set that expectation. And then people know when to look for the newsletter and, you know, be informed of what's going on.
3: For sure. And then from an internal standpoint, I feel like it's a it's a good way to keep teams in the loop of what's happening, right? So sending an internal company wide newsletter, just to let everyone know what's happening in the organization and to keep everyone on the same page. Uh, and then again, it just kind of boost the morale all the way around because people feel like they're in the loop. I feel like a lot of times there's a lot of miscommunication or just lack of communication between departments, sales, marketing, product dev. I mean, there's so, so many things that can go wrong from lack of communication. And so I feel like to boost up culture in a remote workforce, those internal newsletters. And again, it doesn't have to be like a, your standard internal, you know, newsletter, you can get creative here and do it on whatever platform you want internally. But I feel like that um, is a really big benefit as well when it comes to culture building.
2: Mm-hmm. We actually had it digital markers set up an entire application, it was called recess that you could actually send out the newsletters, but you could also get feedback from uh, employees on a regular basis so they can say, how are you feeling about the company? And uh, I know you've said before that you use uh, just Google Forms to help execute that, right?
3: Exactly, yeah. I feel like it's it's always good to get open, transparent, anonymous feedback from people, unless they're willing to give their name, you know, of course. So we love using Google Forms for that. So whenever we have check-ins with making sure that everyone's happy with their work and everyone feels like, you know, everything is communicated clearly and basically everyone's on the same page and happy at Mod Girl, uh, we use Google Forms. And so we do this for our internal team and then also our clients as well. And that's, I feel like that's kind of the old school version because it's just simple and Google Forms has been around forever, but I do know they have, multiple options in different newsletters. It's just, you know, if it's working actually, for us now, there's no reason. That does works.
2: remind me, we, you know, for our HR stuff, we use. Yes. Pretty popular. Yeah. For mm-hmm. managing employees and they actually have a component in there where, you know, for like our performance reviews, we have a questionnaire that they could fill out and then it automatically, this is not anonymous at all, <laughs> but they could fill right. it out and it goes into their, their employee file automatically. Okay. So in terms of trackable ones, that's a good way to do that because then mm-hmm. you have the record and, you know, for performance reviews, but you can actually make questionnaires for literally anything you want in the company and it'll be attached to the employee file, which is pretty useful.
3: Nice, nice. And that was kind of like leads me to my next thing is just leveraging the right technology, right? So in order to really have an amazing company culture, remote or otherwise, I feel like the modern tech stack needs to be there. Now, you don't have to go overboard here, but make it easy for people to communicate, make it easy for you to have a great you know, culture from project management. I know you guys say you use Monday, we use Basecamp, right? Just like these tools we're talking about now, just making sure that you are using the best tools for your organization to make everyone's life easier.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and just so people know, like you're not going to get the tech stack right immediately no, <laughs> because never. you have to test out a few of them, yes. experiment, learn. And then, then even after you know it, you have to implement it on you know the remote scale and, and see how many employees actually use it. It's been I, I've actually used Monday for probably like five years now because I had it with my agency prior to coming a digital marketer, and then they had just started using a digital marketer. But it's taken me a few months to kind of get you know my employees up to speed. Like, hey, you need to record this stuff. For, for me, it was like, I can't since these people are remote. Like, I can't tell what you're doing on a regular basis you know, unless something breaks or doesn't mm-hmm. work. So if you're not recording these things, your projects within monday.com, there's no way for me to track it. And even if you mm-hmm. say you did something at say the end of the quarter, where are the notes on it? Are they mm-hmm. written down on a notepad? Like how totally. how can I see, you know, what actually happened? Exactly. Um, so I think that's tech stack. It's, you know, get the right tech stack, but also, you know, going through the implementation is a lot of work. So yeah, be ready it is. for that.
3: That's why, and SOPs help, you know, so to your point, like we use EverHour with Basecamp so we can see exactly what everyone's working on at the same time. I mean, but this is something I've had time tracking set up really from day one of hiring people because to your point, like we need to make sure they're doing their job and we kind of need, and for budgeting reasons too, like everything has to be tracked down, you know, per client and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, I feel like, like you mentioned for small businesses just starting out or just trying to find new tech to help them with all of this, it isn't going to be a one and done, you know, there's going to be a learning curve, you're gonna to have to figure out what's best. And then you're going to have to put it into your SOPs and your processes on this is exactly how to use this program. And this is what's expected with every new employee, you know, so it's, there's definitely a process here of getting it all set up, but it is so worth it in the end.
2: Yes. And well, I think explaining the necessity of it, you know, is important, too, because a lot of people are just like, Oh, it's just busy work I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, this is kind of the only way we could track what you're doing. You know, if you go mm-hmm. back into the in office, would it be like the manager walking behind and you micromanaging sure you. On, <laughs> yeah, to make sure you're not on Facebook, like right? You know, that's why people like remote because it's you know
3: more freedom. You could
2: do that, guys. Kind of mm-hmm. More freedom, you know, but I think more responsibility too, because I think it, it is it, since it forces manager to track these types of things. Now you can't get away with like, oh yeah, look at that person cook clacking away on on the keyboard and they must be busy like they Uh look very busy
3: (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly well and i think magic
2: no business owner or executive wants to admit it but that like you know it's like 90 percent of in-person judgment is well this person's stressed and busy so Mm -hmm. they get a
3: raise (laughs) Mm -hmm. right yeah so not so not accurate.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so I think with that, well, for us, you know, another part of culture building is they we do quarterly sprint planning is what we call it, where we Mm -hmm. do 90 day, you know, themes, you know, here's our objectives, revenue objectives, but we actually have metrics for I think we have like 30 standard metrics, we have four what we call North Star metrics, where you know, these are the ones that are really guiding whether we think we're uh, succeeding or not for the quarter. Mm-hmm. But each department also has metrics, too. So I'd say each department, say the marketing or uh, content department, has like, I don't know, 50 metrics. And we wow. we actually do it. We go through, we fill them out, and we go through them on a weekly basis. So every That's Monday, awesome. everybody has their assignments, they put in their numbers, and then we talk about them. Because it allows you to look at the you know scorecards, what we call it. And say, okay, is it you know red, yellow, or green in terms of you know meeting expectations? And then you just look for the red, and you're like, okay, well, what happened here? <laughs> you know, and it gives you mm-hmm. you know really accurate way to find out whether it's working or not. And in terms of culture, it's not a fun part of culture, <laughs> but it definitely says like, yeah, it is. Well, it, one of our values is you know the metrics, you know, we're performance driven, so it's that mm-hmm. is part of the culture. You you can't 100%. you know again look busy and expect to...
3: Yeah, but and, you know. and people also want to know that they're contributing to something that is mean, meaningful, right? So mm-hmm. the best way to do that is to show this is what's happening. These This is where we're doing great. This is where we need to improve. But people need to have a reason to, for what they're doing, you know, and that also breeds an amazing company culture because they feel like they are needed and then they can see their progress and and the team's progress of what's happening, what isn't, where it needs to improve and and where everything is at on the scale of meeting your goals. And so I feel like metrics are key because it helps people visualize where the company is at and also gives everyone kind of meaning for their job uh, that they can Mm -hmm. kind of quantify, right? Like I am part of this and I know not everything is numbers, 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 but in these scenarios that we're talking about metrics, there's still always something when you're part of these conversations that, hey, I am part of this and I need to do my part to help get that number up. Or, well, look what look what I was part of that is crushing it right now, you know? And so it's just that awareness, I think, that helps overall when it comes to building culture.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, and, and you know, just for the, the management, you know, employee relationship, it shows like I'm paying attention to what you're doing. Yes. I care about what you're doing. And, you know, you get rewarded when when things are going well. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's definitely part of, you know, a key part of remote culture. And on that note, and
3: the manager's responsibility, I feel like, is also to lift up their employees when they are doing good things. I mean, they should be lifting them up regardless, even if they are slacking a little bit, but especially letting them know and acknowledging the great work that they're doing. And I feel like that doesn't happen as often as it should from a manager standpoint. It's just that positive reinforcement and encouragement of, hey, look, we appreciate you and you're doing a great job.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think what people, you know, it's funny because a lot of employees, you know, get upset when their contributions aren't recognized. And then they look at somebody else who's probably not working as hard as them, but they're a big talker. And they'll be like, why does that person get raised? It's like, because they're visible. (laughs) You know, sorry. Which is another reason for the metrics. So so I think it it creates more balanced and fair work environment in both cases, but especially in the real case.
3: Mm -hmm. I agree completely. And I
2: think, uh, you know, one of the things that we're doing, you know, hardware-wise is we're actually creating a kit, like employee remote working kit for each one of the, it's mainly for the customer-facing employees that uh, we're getting them a large green screen uh, for their home offices, uh, lighting setup and then a higher grade camera for their computers. Nice. Uh, just so, you know, and then what we'll do is have, you know, consistent backdrops based on whoever they're talking to. So. If you, you know, are meeting with the digital market employee, you're going to see that all of them, you know, look similar, which is branding, branding, mm-hmm. but I think it's also part of the culture.
3: Yeah, no, I like it mm-hmm. for sure. I think that definitely goes back to, to culture as well.
2: And actually for the, you know, the backdrop, I was going to do the Anyboo, which is what, what you yes. told me about. Yes. You know, which is actually an awesome service. It but is. I think I love them. For me, I was just like, you know, we're kind of redeveloping the branding and I'm like, I don't know what, what I want to print on there. So I think we're going to try the green screen. I'll let you know how it goes. If it, okay, please
3: you
2: know, do. It looks a little, you know, sometimes they act a little funky because you can always tell when people have a green screen. Some, are better but, than, some
3: backgrounds are better than other though, virtual backgrounds. Like oh, some yeah. of them are really good and some others are like, oh gosh, stay away. I
2: th- yeah, <laughs> I think there's a way to design it where it's like, okay, you know, I know it's a green screen, but it still looks, I don't know realistic? Is, mm-hmm. is that the word? Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yes. Authentic.
2: looks like you're in the metaverse
3: <laughs> behind yes.
2: you. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. yeah you've, been, uh, you've been all about the metaverse lately. I
3: right. I have. I have indeed. So I want to, I want your thoughts too when it comes to company culture and like having fun, right? So mm-hmm. for us at Mod Girl, we laugh a lot and I don't want to work with people that don't make me laugh, right? So we are all about having fun, having a good time, and laughing. And this happens on the daily, all day, pretty much. So we have Slack channels that are set up for just random things like sharing, you know, what's going on in our lives or a hilarious meme or a random celebrity story, right? And it's literally called like Mod Random is the channel. And so awesome. I, I feel like and I know other organizations that do something similar, but I feel like that also helps people kind of bond over funny things, mutual interests, just more personal, you know, aspects of their Mm -hmm. lives. Right. And so I feel like that is something that I am always trying to help companies with just humanizing their brand and and getting people to feel like they are part of of something uh, bigger than just work, bigger than just showing up for work, you know, like kind of like a family, like a work family. And so I kind of wanted your thoughts on that as well.
2: Oh, I love that. And I'm glad you brought it up because we actually we have pets of Digital Marketer, which is people posting pet pictures. I do, (laughs) I do as well. (laughs) I'm not happy about the pets. It's me (laughs) with like our one of our horses following me down like a you know, narrow path. I'm always freaked out he's going to run me over. So I do like, (laughs) at least I'll get it on camera. Anyways, uh, and then we have chickens. I'll take pictures of the chickens. But, you know, people take, you know, we're in Texas. So people take picture of, you know, a giant bug that they found in their house. (laughs) Like a spider or or something. But then we also have, we have, and random is just the memes and whatever you want to post. A lot of people, one of our employees, she, she has like a bank of these pictures of like memes from Ryan Dice. Where he's like, the most recent one was him dressed as an elf riding a unicorn for Christmas. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'll post that on that's there. That's awesome. Ryan, He's an awesome sport, so he never, you know, gets <laughs> never mad gets mad that
3: people make him a little elf.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, well, no, that's just one. There's like a bunch of them. Uh, oh, it's kind of like an ongoing theme. Uh, I love it. But Yeah, we have that, Random School, and then we also have Celebrate the Wins, which is actually... Love that. Just for like... Neat stuff happening in the company, you mm-hmm. know, like a testimonial, or you know, this person really killed it on this campaign, and you know, sure. it's it's really just a place for calling people up, or not calling people out, lifting people up. It's
3: yeah, well, calling them out in a good way, <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
2: yeah, so, <laughs> calling you out. Then they, you know, I'm calling
3: get, you out, they, but I'm I'm calling you, you at the same good time. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, so, uh, I love it, but no, that's that's huge, and I think it, well, and even just celebrating the birthdays, you know, yes, happy birthday to exactly work anniversaries. That's all awesome Slack babies stuff. And, oh yeah, babies. That's
3: don't forget that's about a the new babies.
2: One. That is a big the one. The new babies. <laughs> I'm
3: Like,
2: ah, oh, we haven't had it this year.
3: Mod girl no. has been uh, having a lot, a lot of new babies. Another one. In, oh really? In less than a month, actually coming wow. up. Yes. Yeah,
2: that's fun. You know, it it's, always, it's always the first baby where it's like, you know, get ready. I'm uh-huh. going to tell you it's hard, but you're right? not going to know or understand. You're not really going to have any idea. Oh, no. It's, uh, I've tried new dads. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you think you were tired at some point in the past? I'm like, no. <laughs> Just wait. You were not.
3: <laughs> oh, you will man. be tired.
2: You will learn. Actually, my brother, my brother-in-law, he has a two-year-old. And it's, it's funny because it reminds you of you having your first one where, you know, you following the baby around, like, oh no, he's just going to fall, don't, you know, watch him every single second. And it was just like, <laughs> it was funny because I'm oh like, man, my
4: God. I like, remember just that, wait. then
2: you have the second one. Oh yeah. And then you have the second one you're like, ah, whatever, like you're alive.
3: <laughs> and then the third one, you're like, where are they at again? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: it was just fine. You know, it's, oh, it's funny because we, you know. We lived in this uh, neighborhood with a bunch of families, and then you have somebody with like five or six kids, and it's just like, man, how do you do anything
3: ever? I don't know. (laughs) I I honestly don't know. I don't know. But that reminds me of actually, speaking of company culture, I love, and dads, I love the companies that give the uh, substantial paid time off for dads, for Mm And I and I feel like a lot of European companies are like that more so than U.S., Mm -hmm. at least from what I've seen and who I've worked with. But I think that's incredible, you know, not just giving maternity leave, but paternity leave more than normal, you know. And so I feel like those are these are all things to have people appreciate their employer.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those kind of benefits where, you know, let's say you're a family company. You know, that should be kind of mandatory.
3: You would think part of your culture should be if you're a family business, part of your culture should be that and and, you know, making sure that uh, you're appreciating those, those employees you have and kind of letting them know that you are there to support them and their growing family. So I
2: like that. Well, and I think that, that kind of, you know, if you, if you look at a lot of companies, they really care about that front facing, you know, vision and, and the branding, you know, on the outside, but then you go inside and they're, you know, sometimes they're the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they could be, family-facing like, oh, we care about families, we care about our customers. And then inside is like, you jerk, you're fired. You know, they just (laughs) don't care for their employees the same way or don't give maternity leave or, you know, I mean, it's all illegal here, (laughs) but somebody gets pregnant and then adjust their their number of hours or whatever is unacceptable. And so I think the easiest way for companies to, you know, look at how do I come up with my internal policies is just look at Your external ones. (laughs) You know, how do you like people seeing you from the outside? Your internal people don't want you to be a hypocrite (laughs) with what you're telling people. So, yeah. I think the entire culture has to be, I always say cohesive, but consistent all the time, inside and out.
3: Totally. I mean, and that goes for all the social issues, right? I mean, we've been seeing the pandering and woke washing and and all the lovely things with big brands saying that they're for diversity and inclusion and then come to find out they're internal <laughs> they're they're really not right and that they're just putting oh, on yeah. a face for consumers and so it all goes back to this as like practicing what you preach like you can't put these things out there to the world and then have a completely different scenario happening on the inside because The thing is, is like to more and more your biggest uh, promoters are internal, the the employee advocacy. You know, you can't expect to grow an amazing company with loads of customers if your own employees are not massive fans and won't you know, promote you and tell people how great you are as an organization. I mean, that they should focus, a lot of companies should focus way more on making their employees happy than they do strangers. Because at the end of the day, your employees are the ones talking about their their company and talking to friends and talking to people and not to mention if they love it and they believe in your mission and and your products and services and what you're doing for the world, then they are your best source of marketing and sales without a doubt. And so I feel like that's something else that we're going to see more and more of is, is companies investing in that and investing in empowering their employees to do what makes them happy regarding, you know, their work and, and making them feel, like they are appreciated. And why you mentioned this earlier, why are they doing this? Like, why, why Mm -hmm. is their role important, you know, and also like kind of what we do at Mod Girl Luminetics is empowering people to create their own personal brands, you know, so companies investing in the personal brands and the LinkedIn profiles of their employees, because that is going to make them love you even more. Because You're investing in them and they can take that Mm -hmm. and carry that on even when they leave you, if they leave you, right? If they leave your organization, they're still going to be very grateful and appreciative of what you did for them and investing in their personal brand, investing in their social selling skills, investing in their LinkedIn knowledge, you know? And so these are all things that help build up the culture to make really happy employees that then turn into a lot more happy customers in the long run.
2: Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know, just about how yeah, and that goes back to kind of the mission, vision and clarity uh, that if you can establish that with your your employees, then they understand it and they can get their own meaning out of whatever they're doing. And I think it's, you know, for a lot of employers, they they really just look at pay a lot of the times where it's like, well, I'm paying you more. So mm-hmm. be happy. And I think with the, the current workforce, that is not close to enough. It's totally necessary. And you do need to keep up with inflation, which is a. Uh, Fun topic right now, mm-hmm, but I know, right? Uh, you know, even that's not enough. Like you keep up with inflation, you keep up with you know giving them bonuses and whatever you need, but that the financial component is just one component. It is. Say, of, of you know retention
3: for sure, and especially because we're seeing the Great Resignation. I mean, it's been happening right in twenty twenty one this year. It's 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 all over the place, and so that is just prime proof that it's not all about your salary. I mean, there's so much more to it. Mm-hmm. People want to feel like they. Um, are part of something that is meaningful and they enjoy it, you know, and they're doing something to, that makes them feel good. And they're not just clocking in just to get a paycheck. I mean, it's so much more now than.
4: Hey, Ryan Dice here. and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com.
3: Than salary, so I'm I'm glad you brought that up, and I think the pandemic has kind of forced people to prioritize what's important in their lives Ooh. and where they want to spend their time, and, and we see a lot of people quitting and starting their own businesses or going freelance. You know, so companies now more than ever are not just up against their competition, but they're up against uh, freedom of of Whoa. doing something better than what you know, what their employees are doing now. And so it's like, you really have to focus on making sure that your employees feel appreciative and appreciated. And like they're doing something that is meaningful and that they actually enjoy. And it's not just tedious work just to, you know, get a paycheck because you are so right. Like priorities have shifted and it is not all about money. There are so many other factors that come into play here.
2: Yeah, and I think, well, and and going back to the, you know, remote working and just being at home, I think a lot of people had never, I mean, maybe they had worked for 20 years of their lives and they had never had that home time (laughs) that they had during, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the the pandemic and the lockdowns where it's just like, you literally can't do anything and everything is shut down. Mm -hmm. And then I think that's where all the, the knowledge came from, where they were saying like, oh, well, maybe I don't like going into the office or... Maybe I hate this, and I just never stopped for long enough to think about it. And now right. I have, and so yeah. I think that that's that's a huge component. I think this will be a you know historical record <laughs> that employers will quote, where it's just like, and that's when everyone decided to quit because yep. they realized <laughs> that they hate what they were doing. Um, yes. But no, I think, and I think a lot of people will realize that, no, you do like, there. we actually at Digital Market we lost a few people because they were not allowed to come back to the office, you know, and I'm that might be a unique hmm. circumstance, but there was a handful of people that left because they didn't have an office anymore. And so, hmm. I mean, for me, like, I hate working at home. <laughs>
4: yeah. I can't,
2: I can't work at home. It's too crazy. And I just, I can't focus. And so, yeah, for me. You know, well, I had an office before, but yeah, I, I could see that. I could see if I if I was stuck at home because I had a job and I wasn't allowed to go anywhere, and they said you're you're never going to be allowed to go anywhere. Then I would, yeah, that'd be hard for me.
3: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, I, I can totally see that for sure.
2: It's all the animals, and the <laughs> turning around.
3: <laughs> all the, all the beans. <laughs> all routes.
2: the things moving. Yeah, it never stops. Uh, all well, the living me, creatures. Like I'm, I'm kind of a a neat freak when it comes to like when I want to work like I want everything kind of uh, organized clean and, tidy. and so it's like
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah and so if I work from home it's like I have to like I sit in the kitchen and I'm like I have to clean the kitchen before I could even work <laughs> and so
3: it just turns or a half, out half hour one later after the other
2: yeah, yeah then you end up working on the house and you know then you're available yeah it's you know, know. for me I get no, it.
3: well before well even
2: before when when i started my agency i i didn't have an office and there's no place for me to work well i can't work at home again and so i ended up in the shared office space or starbucks Mm -hmm. and so okay you know that's
3: that's what i was was gonna say is like co-working spaces if if employees Mm -hmm. really don't like the fact of working from home i feel like employers should give them whatever is needed to have a co-working space and they should pay for that
2: yeah, well, and that's kinda like what I'm trying to do with the, the at home kit where it's like, Hey, you're at home, but we wanted you to, you know, have mm-hmm. the equipment you need to look like professional. That. And yes. and really it's a green screen now, so they could I was actually gonna do a green screen or I was gonna do the any with logo on one side and then no logo on the other side mm-hmm. so they could use it for wherever they want. But it's kinda, you know, it's another little bonus for, you know, doing a good job and, and work with us.
3: You know the Enivu has the green screen on the back, you could have done too. You saw that, right? Yeah, but they have to pay for that. Oh, right.
2: Yeah, sure. <laughs> green screen for like 100 bucks. Yeah, that's it just depends how it's, many employees you're having to buy. Yeah, for.
3: no, you're right. You're right. It can get costly for sure.
2: Because <laughs> it's even like, you know, for us, it's, you know, you have some that are customer service oriented, then you have the sales oriented, then you have people like me where it's visual and I have to meet with people. And then you have, you know, even for our internal people who are finding contributors for content. They're still having to meet with them, so it's like everybody needs
3: one. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, Ca- more up. cost so effective, better,
2: a little bit more cost effective, and it folds up really easy. I know oh, the nice. the Any boo you have to yeah. keep that frame. I
3: right? know I'm going to have to figure out since I'll be traveling a lot and still am traveling at the moment. I'm going to have to figure out how I can get some sort of <laughs> traveling background. So you might want to like. Give me some tips on what you guys got actually, I, I will
2: give you one tip okay. they they have these ones that one one's a backpack. you actually put it on and there's a green nice. screen
3: behind you that's hot and then they have another one
2: that's like a chair and it goes on the back of your chair and then it's like it's not huge though it's only that's
3: hilarious it's
2: like four feet, and so it's this big umbrella behind you. Huh. but the problem is that it's it's so close you know you sit in a chair that if you it move causes a shadow.
3: Oh yeah, if you move, okay. you
2: twist. The whole I'm kinda, I like move
3: all the time. I'm someone who moves a lot, so I don't know. I don't know if that that would be the best option. Knowing my luck, I'd hit yeah, it and I fall down, so. like fall <laughs> like down midstream. You know. <laughs> oh, man. No, that's
2: well, and it's not that big, so you actually have to get up like really close Super to close. the screen. Yeah. yeah, otherwise you see the edges. I I was not impressed with it. So okay, noted. Uh, we're gonna try. I think it's like a 70-inch or 65-inch uh, wide green screen. That's just one of the roll-ups. So it has one stand, and then kind of like the Ennevu, except it rolls up, so it's a little bit smaller. Okay. So we'll keep testing. We'll do an yeah. article
3: about it. Yeah, let me know how you like it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we have a lot here. Mark, is there anything else you wanted to add as far as... No,
4: I think that's good. I mean, culture? I think we're...
3: Covered
2: a You lot know, th- for... For us, the digital marketers is kind of a case study in this because it was, you know, definitely a full time, you know, in-person office. We actually just changed the office from, I think it was like 30,000 square feet down to 7,000 square feet because it's only wow. really executives that go in.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so that's happening. You know, the decision to go remote that happened and then the transition between the two a case study <laughs> yeah we'll no so. i love it i will do i'll do a whole case study once we're done transitioning and i will let everyone know about that
3: yes it's perfect i love it cuz i'm coming from someone who only knows remote work for the last 12 years and then you guys so it's really good we're a good pair here
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on as my co-host, Mandy. And for everyone else out there, you know, check back in. We're doing multiple episodes every single week covering a range of digital marketing topics and also business development topics. So thank you for tuning in, subscribe and download often.